the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, and then glory be to the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'm going to start warning. off with a quick recap of, uh, of, the, of the talks that have been so far. So we started off by talking about jealousy and kind of just giving a few definitions. And we summarized it very simply as that jealousy is when you love something more than you love someone. And when we get our things and our ones mixed up, that's what causes the world to be in chaos. When we start loving things and using people instead of loving people um, and using the things that are around us. Um, and so that was the first week. And the second week, we, we kind of deepened our knowledge of jealousy and we started to ask some really personal questions of who are, about like who are you jealous of and who do you, who do you have difficulty with and what are the things that specifically make you jealous to try to make this whole series and this whole journey very specific for us, not like some very generic, you know, like a nice sermon I heard, but something that you can really put into application in your life. The third week, we talked about what to do when people are jealous of you. Like, so everything else we're talking about is what to do when you're jealous of somebody. But what about when people are jealous of you? What about when people are angry with you or hate you for, for what you have or what you've done or what you've accomplished and how to deal, how to deal with that? Um, and uh, and then last week I'm blanking. Last week we talked about what how what jealousy looks like to God and how God Himself says my name is jealous and how God identifies Himself as jealous and how that God's jealousy is that He's jealous for us. He's jealous to love us and for us to have an exclusive relationship with Him. And that if our jealousy were not for things, were not for positions, were not, but were for virtues, were for, if we, if we coveted um, a, a deep and meaningful relationship with God, if we coveted um, to be in, in, united with God, if we coveted uh, the virtues of the saints, that may be something that would be a good use of jealousy. But since oftentimes I covet um, uh, things like money and position and achievement and so on, uh, relationship, then it's, um, that's kind of not exactly what God has, has designed his jealousy to be. We've kind of distorted God's jealousy for us. And the example Rano gave us last week was that like, if, if, if God forbid my wife decided to be unfaithful and she was having a relationship with another man and this and that, if I wasn't jealous, if I didn't get full of anger and jealousy for her, then you would say, if I was like, oh, okay, well, if she wants to go with being with whoever, so that's no problem. What would you say? You say that relationship doesn't mean anything to me. So in like manner, God is jealous for you and for me. And last week, Rano was calling us to a higher bar that we stop being jealous over things uh, that pass in this world, but to be jealous for God, um, to be desiring Him, to be desiring to have an exclusive relationship with him the way he wishes to have an exclusive relationship with us. And now, without any further ado, I want to introduce to you my beloved brother, Mohed, um, who will be speaking to us about how to put our jealousy on a leash. God bless you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. 
Amen. Thank you, Father John. Is this thing on? Can you hear me? No. How about now? Better? Worse? Same? It's not still turning on. Just get started. Okay. Uh, maybe you can hear me okay without without the mic. So uh, today's today's talk is about um, uh, continuing the series. So it's uh, the topic for today is to put it on a leash. Okay. So uh, what that means is we don't want to let the thoughts and the feelings of uh, jealousy become actions, right? Because when it's one thing for the thoughts to be in contained within ourselves, and then it's and then if we don't if we don't get that checked, then it goes to the next stage where we actually take actions. Um, and a lot of those actions can be very, um, very harmful. So jealousy and envy, they stir up feelings of anger, bitterness, and resentment. Uh, we're resentful of what other people have. Um, and we know that these feelings are going to rob us of our peace and joy. And they're going to leave us in a poorer state than we were before. So if we neglect to address the feelings, um, they'll reveal themselves in actions. They'll manifest themselves in actions that we will regret. Um, so what we want to talk about today is the, the first practical step is to stop turning, um, is to stop turning, the first practical step to turning all this around is to control ourselves and not, not to act, and not to act on these destructive feelings. So um, a, a story, uh, just a, a little story to kind of get us started. Uh, one day there was a man walking along a country, uh, country lane with his dog and his mule when this speeding pickup truck just comes around the corner going so fast he knocked the man, the mule, and his dog into a ditch, right? And so the old man decides to sue the driver of the truck to recoup some of the, the cost of the damages. And while the old man was on the stand, the defense attorney, um, he, want, he was cross-examining the man, and he said, I want to ask you a, a simple question. I want you to answer yes or no to the following. Did you or did you not say at the time of the accident that you were perfectly fine? So the old man starts, well, me and my dog and my mule are walking along the road. And then the counsel says, stop, stop. I want you to, ask, I wanna, I want you to answer the question yes or no. Did you or did you not say you are perfectly fine at the time of the accident? And then the old man says, well, me and my dog and my mule are walking along the road. And, and then the defense attorney says to the judge, your honor, um, uh, he's not answering the question. So would you please insist that he answer the question? And the judge says, well, obviously he has something to say. So let him, let him tell us what he, what he wants to say. So the man says, uh, well, me and my dog and my mule are walking along the road. And this truck came around the corner far too fast, knocking us into the ditch. The driver of the truck stopped. He got out. And he saw that my dog was very badly injured. So he goes back to his truck, he grabs a shotgun, and he shoots my dog. And then he looks at my mule, and he sees that my mule has a broken leg. So he shoots my mule. And then he looks at me, and he says, how are you? And I said, I'm perfectly fine. <laughs> so the, the moral of the story here is that sometimes it's best not to say how, how we really feel. Um, so... So um, just an intro, um, what we want to try to focus on today is no matter what's going on, try not to, not to be envious, 
try not to be jealous. Uh, many of us are tempted every day, okay? Uh, there's many opportunities that Satan will use to make us jealous. Um, so if I see somebody with more money than myself, or a better position, um, or somebody that's loved or respected more than myself, um, or if I see somebody that has more talents and gifts, even like somebody serving in the church doing things, and I, I, feel, I can feel jealousy or I can feel envy because of that. Um, and then that's really Satan, he's using um, these things to make me envious and jealous, make me envious and jealous of my, my brother or sister. Um, the thing to realize that if I allow myself to be jealous and envious, I'm only harming myself because I cause these feelings of anger and wrath and bitterness and being resentful. So I'm only harming myself if I, if I allow myself to be jealous. Um, so let's, let's talk about how we can put um, envy or jealousy on a leash. As you all know the story of Joseph uh, and his brothers, Joseph was clearly the favorite son. Um, his father, Jacob, gave him this coat of many colors and his brothers were very jealous of him uh, because they saw that he was the favorite. So if we read in Genesis um, chapter 37, verses 5 to 8, it says, Now Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers and they hated him even more. So he said to them, Please, hear this dream which I have dreamed. There we were, binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And indeed, your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. And, this, and his brothers said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his, work, for his words. So first, they were jealous. And then he tells them about this dream. And then they actually started to hate him. And then as we'll see later on, they actually um, they wanted to kill him because of this. So uh, later on, when his, his father sends him to see how, uh, what his, how his brothers are doing, it says, now Joseph had a dream. Oh, sorry. Um, sorry. Um, so Joseph's brothers were already jealous of him because of, he was Jacob's favorite son, as we said. And then jealousy led them to hate, to, to hate his brother. So, uh, and then when Joseph goes to see his brothers, it says, Now when he, they saw him afar off, even before he came near to them, they conspired against him to kill him. Then they said to one another, Look, this dreamer is coming. Come therefore, let us now kill him and cast him into some pit. And we shall, and we shall say some wild beast has devoured him. We shall see what will become of his dreams. So, they actually, they had the intent to kill their brother. That's, that's how bad things can get when we, let, when we let our feelings of jealousy go unchecked. So first they were jealous of him, then they hated him, right? And now they are actually conspiring to kill their own brother. Um, if we think, um, and if you, have, if you have any other examples that you want to you wanna bring up, but if we think of somebody else who hated their brother so much that they actually ended up killing them, um, I thought of the story of um, exactly Cain and Abel. That's, that just jumped out at me. Like um, he hated his brother so much because his offer, his offering was accepted, and and his uh, Cain's own offering was not accepted. That he he just let his feelings get out of control, and he just that that that's what really the path that sin leads us down on is um, he just killed his brother. Now 
I know what you're going to say, but nobody really wakes up in the morning and says, today I'm going to kill my brother, right? Sometimes we might feel that way, like, you know, when your brother does something or your sister does something, like I had two sisters, so I, sometimes you get that feeling, like, I just, oh, I just want to kill him, but not like this, right? Nobody says, really, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill my brother or my sister today, but that's, that's what sin does to you. It leads you down, down that path. Um, if I burn with envy or jealousy, my anger and all sorts of negative feelings come out, and the results can be devastating. So, uh, but in this story here, uh, instead of instead of killing him, um, they just they put him into the pit, and then when they saw the the, the traders coming, they said, "Let's sell him as a slave." So um, he was sold as a slave, and and we all know the story. He went he went to Egypt. So much only much later on, his brothers would discover that the jealousy, which was clearly very harmful, turned out to do uh, much good, right? Um, so, but it is, it's a very, it can be a very, it can lead to very big sins, and we actually have a warning. St. Paul writes about uh, jealousy and envy and, and giving us a very, very clear warning. Uh, in Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 to 21, um, he starts by, St. Paul starts by giving us a list. And he says, now the works of the flesh are evident, which are, and then he gives us this, this big list. And in this list, he included uh, jealousy and envy. And at the end it says, um, Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Wow, that's really big. To say that if we are practicing these, these sins, we are in danger of not inheriting the kingdom of God. So envy and jealousy are clearly stated as sins that can prevent us from the inheritance of the kingdom of God. So, um, but what's, what's the solution? So um, the warning here is if I don't seek the Holy Spirit to cleanse my heart from envy and jealousy, and I continue to envy others and become jealous of others, this can, be, this can prevent me from inheriting the, the kingdom of God. So my salvation can be at very high risk is if, I, if I don't repent from these two sins. So I have to repent and just get rid of them. Otherwise, my salvation is at very, very high risk. That's how, that's how serious it is. So this, I, I, when I read that, like, this is like very, something very serious because like, it's always like your mind is always wandering and thinking. So when you, when you start thinking about the things that others have, and you don't have them, and then it's uh, a desire to want to have something, that's one thing. For example, if I desire, if I have a desire to be on the church board, that's a good thing, right? To serve God. Uh, I'm going to assume that my motives are good. So it's a good thing to desire to want to be on the church board. But if I see somebody else on the board, and I think within myself, well, I deserve to be in that position more than that person, then really... Now this is envy, because there is a desire, which the desire in itself is not bad. But the fact that I'm resenting my brother for having this and me not having it, then that makes it a bad thing. So clearly, this is something that we have to repent from and uh, make sure that we, don't, we, we control our feelings so that they don't turn um, into actions. Um, why should we control our feelings of jealousy? The words that I say, I can't take them back. 
So if I see something online, for example, um, Instagram, I see a post of somebody that has something um, and I, that looks like you know a family vacation or somebody's traveling or somebody got a new car, whatever, and I start to envy that person. Let's say I make a comment about this, a negative comment, right? I can't undo that, especially now, like people will start reading my comment or if I tweet something and it gets retweeted by like so many times, like it's out there. Once it's out there, it is out there. So the words that I say can't be taken back. And similar in social situations, forget social media. If I'm talking to my friends and I say something, right, um, it's out there and I can't take it back. So the damage gets done once you examine, once you say the word, then it can't be undone. And later on, we're going to talk about what we should try to do to prevent, um, to, prevent to, to help us to not let the word, the, those words get out there in the first place. Um, the actions that we, that we take can't be easily undone. So if I see that my, somebody that I'm jealous of or somebody that I'm envious of and they, they need my help and I say to myself, well, I'm not gonna help them or I do something contrary, like something to be harmful to them, then that's something that I can't take back, right? That's gonna be, so like people remember the things that you do, right? So if I do something, I can't take that back, right? It's very difficult, like I'll have to, once, like it'll be very hard to undo that damage, to apologize and to try to, to explain to the person what's going on. It's very, it's a very difficult thing. So like, don't do the action because it's, it can't be easily undone. Um, so we talked about, I, in one of the previous sessions, we talked about the green-eyed monster. So we have to, we have to try to contain the green-eyed monster of jealousy within. So um, if I see somebody with nicer things than myself, and I allow envy and jealousy to creep into my heart, whether it's money or nice car or a bigger house or a good position or whatever it is, I can't let that, I can't let that, uh, stir up these feelings of jealousy uh, and envy in, in my heart. So with social media, it's worse. Like I, um, you know, for me, I, for example, I use the example of Instagram, but pick your poison, whatever it is. So don't, don't go down that path where you start looking at what other people have. And if you look at social media, like it can be your friends, people that you know, or friends of friends, or it could be complete strangers because you can search and you can come up with all sorts of stuff. Um, so it's, you know, once you get down that path, like it can consume you. So don't, uh, the, the point is don't, don't let yourself go, go down that path. Um, if I see what my friends are posting, um, and I let it, I let those thoughts kind of simmer, then next thing I will, there might be an action that I take. So we have to stop it at the, at the first stages. Um, so what is, what is the root of envy? The, it, what it really boils down to is insecurity. So think about where, what is it that there's a void in my life. There's something that I want and I, that need has, I want that need to be filled. So if it's not filled, I feel insecure. I look at your money and I say within myself, if I have this money, I will feel secure. I look at whatever it is, I said pick your poison, I look at whatever it is and I say within myself, if I have X, then I will feel secure. So if I look at your position or your connections, 
and I envy you because you're secure as a result of these things, I may think that I'm going to feel secure if I have these things. But suppose I envy you or I'm jealous of you and I get these things. At the end of the day, what is that going to get me? All these things are going to fade away anyways. So I've only done harm to myself and I've, I've become angry, I've become bitter, I've, I'm filled with wrath. And at the end, I don't gain anything because the things that we gain here on earth are just, uh, are just temporary. So what is the cure? In Psalm 37, verse 3, it says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. So I'm going to ask myself the question, where am I getting my security from? Is it from pleasure? Is it from my connections, power, money, prestige? If you trust God and your security comes from God, then you won't be jealous of anybody. So you have to put all your trust in the Lord. Um, All these things, like we said, they're all going to vanish away. But God, God abides forever. And also when I put my trust in the Lord, I won't be shaken no matter what happens. So... If I trust the promises of God and I'm confident that God is faithful to me no matter what happens, as David said, God is my refuge and my strength. So even if the mountains fall into the sea, I will not be afraid because God will continue to be faithful to me. Even if they bind me and throw me into the fire, I won't be afraid. Or if they throw me into the lion's den, or if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I won't be afraid. Okay? Um, Another... um, Really nice verb, uh, really nice verses from Proverbs 25. And it says, like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. So what does it mean when a city's walls are broken through? But so back in the time of, of King David, if your walls are broken through, that means the enemy is, is coming in. So the enemy here is Satan. If he comes in, through the walls, if my defenses are weak and, def- and Satan comes in, he's going to cause me some serious harm. So I will be injured spiritually, if not completely defeated, right? So if I lack the self-control, um, I'm putting myself in, uh, in a very dangerous situation where I can be injured or defeated by Satan. And once he comes in, like once Satan works his way into your life, it's, he will cause the maximum amount of damage very quickly. So... We, have to, we always have to be on the lookout for that. So we talked about the cure. So how now, what can we do? What can we do? Some practical things um, that we can do. And the solution here is progressive holiness, self-control. So first, I'm going to let my actions be holy. Even if I still have thoughts of jealousy, I'll keep my actions holy. Then I'm going to work on letting my thoughts be holy. Even if I still have feelings of jealousy. Then, I'm going, to let, I'm going to work on making my feelings holy, even if I'm still easily tripped up into being jealous. And then finally, that will cause the, the passion of jealousy to, to fade away. Um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, uh, St. Paul talks about everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get, a crown, to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. So we have to keep our eyes on the prize. Because if I envied someone, 
and I actually got the thing that I envied them for, money or positions or prestige or whatever, so what? All these things are going to disappear. So in the last day when I stand before God, my power and my money and my prestige and my connections, that's not going to save me. It's, it's completely irrelevant. So you have to, we have to think about it in that perspective. And the other thing, the other way I kind of look at it, if I envy somebody, for example, because they have a nicer car than mine, is that really something to be jealous about? Like at the end of the day, we're talking about a mode of transportation that gets me from point A to point B. It's really just some metal and four tire and four wheels and off you go. Like that's really all it is when I think about it. So does it matter what the car is that I drive or how big my house is? Does, do these things really actually matter? Like, am I going to envy my brother and sister because they have something that I don't have? Or I already have a car, but like, it's not as nice as theirs. So, so what? If I get a nicer car, is that going to make me feel better? No, because there's no end on, to, this, to this road. If I get that nicer car, I'm going to look at somebody else and I'm going to envy them for their nicer car. Until, I have, like, until you get become the very, very best. Like, I was thinking to myself... Man, if I had, like, if I would just, oh, if I was like a CEO of a, of a, of a really powerful cor- corporation like Amazon, like if I was like Jeff Bezos, wow, that would be something. But really, is it to be the richest man in the world? No, because if I had started off being the, com- the president of a small company, then I would want to grow that or sell it and get another company. And then it would just, I, progressively, I envy and I want more and more and more because I'm envying somebody else. It's different than when I just work because I'm a hard worker, because God instructed me to, to work hard and to work to refine my craft and to just do what, I, what I'm being asked to do. It's one thing to desire to do good for your, because God commanded you to work hard versus, oh, I want what they, what they have because it looks good to have that. So it's, um, it's very different. It's a very fine line. Um, so... There's four kind of um, there's four application points that um, I, w- I want to talk about to leave us with to help us on this uh, on this journey of putting it on a leash. Uh, the first one is to control our actions, like we said, to keep them holy, uh, remembering the reward uh, for self con- of self control. So, in the first the first one is actually from First uh, Samuel chapter twenty six. In here, it's actually about um, when David, uh, Saul was pursuing David, and David went, and he went into Saul's camp at night, and Saul was, King Saul was asleep, and his spear was next to his, his head, and David had the opportunity to kill King Saul. Um, so it says, and David answered and said, he, oh sorry, but instead of killing him, he, he took his spear, and then he left that night, and in the following morning, he confronted Saul to let him know that he had the opportunity to kill him. This was the second time. He had the opportunity to kill him, but he didn't. And David answered and said, Here is the king's spear. Let one of the young men come over and get it. May the Lord repay every man for his righteousness and his faithfulness. For the Lord delivered you into my hand today, but I would not stretch out my hand against the Lord's anointed. And indeed, as your life was valued much this day in my eyes, so let my life be valued much in the eyes of the Lord, and let him deliver me out of all tribulations. So the Lord delivered David from Saul's hand, and eventually he became king. 
So, when it comes to me, I'm called to control my actions, but I'm also called to do more than that. So if I see somebody, and I'm, let's say I'm jealous of this person, if I see somebody who needs my help, and I'm, I'm, or let's say first, let's take it a step back. If I see somebody that I'm jealous of, and I, ca I could take an action kind of to set them back or to hurt them, harm them, right? If I'm jealous of that person, then I may be tempted to actually physically do them harm, right? Just like with Joseph's brothers, first they hated, they were jealous of him, then they hated him, then they wanted to do him harm, kill him. So I might be tempted to stretch out my hand to do my brother or sister harm. Okay, next, I may not help them if I see that they're in need. But I'm called to do much more than the bare minimum. So in James chapter 4, verse 17, it says, Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is a sin. So I'm called to do more than just the bare minimum. So first, I'm going to work on controlling my actions. I'm not going to let the feelings of jealousy lead me to take actions that are unholy. And also... Now, if I see my brother or sister needs help, I'm going to give them help because I know that that's, that's what I'm called to do. Um, next, we're going to try to control our words to keep them holy. Um, so in James chapter 3, verse 2, um, it says, For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to brittle the whole body. So in this passage, actually, St. James uh, gave us three metaphors um, to talk about the, our tongues and how, how much damage our tongue can do. First, he compared it to a bit in a horse's mouth. So, you know, you have this thousand-pound animal, and with a very small bit, you can control this, you can control this animal. The rudder on a ship, he's talking about massive ships that are driven by fierce winds, and yet a very small rudder moves the ship. Or a very um, a small fire that can, uh, can burn down an entire forest. So our tongues can be used to cause a lot of damage. And like we said earlier, I can't, once I say it, it's, I can't take it back. If I post something, I can't take it back. So rather than using our tongues for saying things that are going to cause harm or cause fighting. Uh, I should use my tongue to say things that are going to, uh, that, will, that will encourage others to lift them up, um, say positive things. And one of the best ways to do that is to stop and think. Think twice before saying something that can be harmful or hurtful to your brother. So just think about it before you let the words out. Just stop and think about it what it is that you're, you're going to say. And then that, that's the second way. We control our words to keep them holy. Um, third, control our thoughts to keep them holy. So what do I mean by that? So if, if we can accept that we only can think about one thing at a time. So if I, if I become stubborn and I choose to think about something other than what I don't have. So my mind can focus. If I tell, if I tell my, if I, if I think in my head, hey, I'm not going to think about pizza, then guess what my mind is going to think about? 
Because your mind, your mind will only think about one thing. So if I say, I'm not going to think about this, then that's exactly the thing that I'm going to think about. So I have to choose to be stubborn. So if I, if I see that I'm, feeling, I'm having feelings of jealousy, so rather than focusing about the thing that I'm jealous about, I'll just shift and I'll think about something completely different. You kind of have to be like stubborn in it. I'm not going to think about this. I'm, I'm not going to think about the thing I'm being jealous about. I'm going to think about something completely different. Um, and uh, a good example here is from the, um, from the Old Testament. Uh, in Genesis chapter 13, you know the story of Abraham and Lot. Their possessions were getting to be so large that the land kind of couldn't support them both. So rather than fight over it, Abraham gave Lot a choice. He told him, you choose which way you want to go and I'll go the other way. And so Lot looked up and he saw um, the plains and he said he picked the land that looked very lush and very green for his, for his flocks to, to kind of go in that direction. And even though Lot clearly got the better, it looked like the better end of the deal, Abraham wasn't jealous of him. And that was clearly evident in the next chapter when Lot was captured that Abraham risked his own life and the lives of his manservant to go and rescue Lot. Right? So, um, Abraham didn't let the fact that he let Lot choose. And then, you know, like how we always, uh, in, in, uh, in our culture, we say, uh, like, you always offer something to somebody, but then, like, you're really hoping that they don't, they don't take that thing that you're offering. So, Abraham was offering to Lot, which, which side do you want to go? And then when Lot picked the good side, he didn't say, oh, man, like, why did I let him choose? I should have chosen first. He didn't do that. He said, okay, fine, not a problem. And he, he just let it go. And he wasn't jealous. He wasn't envious. So um, we can choose to think about the wonderful things the Lord has done for us. If we're living here in North America, if we have food, if we have, uh, uh, if we have employment, if we have a little bit of money in our bank account, we're already among the richest 2% of people in the world. So something to think about. Like we're, our lives are so blessed just by being here. We have free health care. We have all these, things, all these things that are accessible to us. So we are really, truly among the richest 2% of people living in the world. So we, ha- we can choose to think about the, th- the good things that God has done for us. And to use the Jesus prayer when we feel attacked by thoughts of envy and jealousy. Oh Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. It's called the arrow prayer because we kind of shoot it at the devil. And if I'm always shooting these arrow prayers, it's like a, an offensive weapon. I'm, attack, I'm on the attack. So the devil is not going to approach me and give me thoughts of jealousy because I'm attacking him. So I'm on the offensive here. Instead of waiting for the thoughts to come in and then I try to do something about it, which is a defensive strategy, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start by shooting the arrows out at the devil by saying the Lord's name and the devil will flee um, in the name of, uh, when, when confronted with the, the name of the Lord. And then finally... Uh, The last thing is to control our feelings to keep them holy. So most people would agree that we we can't really control our feelings, right? Uh, What do I mean by that? If I see somebody with something nicer than me, I may have feelings of jealousy. I may say, you know, I really wanted to have something nicer, bigger house, whatever, a a better position, a promotion, whatever it is. So I I may have those feelings, but we do have... Since we have little direct control over our feelings, we have a lot of indirect control over our feelings. So we only continue to feel what we direct our attention to. So if I choose to direct my attention away from thoughts of jealousy, towards thoughts of thanksgiving, 
thoughts of love of God and thoughts of loving my neighbor and the Jesus prayer, then I'm, I'm making that I'm making that, sh- my, that shift in my feelings so that I'm, not, I'm no longer going towards the thoughts of jealousy. I'm just going to move my... I'm going to indirectly um, focus my feelings on, on the good things, right? Um, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 to 18, it says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Jesus Christ for you. So I have to focus... I have to focus my, my thoughts, my feelings on thanksgiving, on prayer, and that'll drive out the devil. It'll, it'll push him out and get rid of these feelings of jealousy before, before they ever um, creep in. So just to recap about the application, the, the, the application points that we talked about. The first one, we're going to work on controlling. I'm going to work on controlling my actions to keep them holy. And remember the, the, the reward of self-control, right? The second one, um, control my words to keep them holy. Be careful about what I say, what I post, what I write, anything that I put online or anything that I say to my friends or people that I, I don't know, people that I meet in the street, whatever. Number three, control my thoughts to keep them holy, right? So I'm always thinking about God. Instead of allowing these, uh, instead of thinking about things that are going to make me jealous, and then the last one, control my feelings to keep them holy. So, feelings of God and feelings of love—that's what I'm going to try to focus on, and then that'll drive out this uh, the sin of envy and jealousy, and uh, to remember to always be thankful to God for all the wonderful things that um, that He's done for us. And uh, that's, that's all I really have. Glory be to God forever and ever, man. Thank you so much. Thank you, Thank you so much. Let's stand and pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and God, Lord, we're so grateful to you for loving us, for taking care of us, Lord, for paving a path for us, Lord, of how we can live in peace and harmony with you, Lord, with ourselves, and with each other, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for highlighting every single one of us that my jealousy, my envy, my anger, my bitterness all arises out of insecurity, that I can find my security in you. And Lord, if only I would find my security and my peace in you, if only I would feel loved and cherished and covered by you, cared for by you, Lord, that would would give me more than enough room in my heart to love everyone. Please, Lord, give us, Lord, to find our security in you. To find, Lord, an answer to all of the things that worry us and plague us, Lord, in you. In your mighty name, we pray through the intercessions and prayers of all your saints, the prayers of my beloved brothers and sisters gathered here, the prayers of St. Moses and St. Catherine and St. Mary, first and last, here so as we pray to you, our Father, Lord, and Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us our trespasses, as you forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, and deliver us from evil. Christ Jesus. And now the love of God the Father, the grace of his only begotten Son, the gift and fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Go in peace, and may the peace of the Lord be with you all, amen.